This is HPR episode 2531 entitled Plot and Story. It is hosted by Lost and Bronx and is about 14 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Lost and Bronx shares some thoughts about the nature of plot and story in storytelling. Today's show is licensed under a CC0 license. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, this is Lost in Bronx, and you'll have to forgive the audio quality. I'm in the car right now, but today I wanted to talk about story and plot in storytelling. Now, to many people, those two things might be one and the same, but really we should approach them differently. Very famously, they have been described as follows. Plot is what happens, story is who it happens to. Now what that really means, of course, is plot is a sequence of events that drive the story forward. Whereas story is synonymous with character, at least by this description. Uh, Synonymous is probably strong. Why don't we say closely tied to? And why would that be? Well, because a sequence of events is not personal. It's dry. It's a bullet point of facts. This happens then, this happens then, and oh, we didn't know about that to begin with, so it's a surprise at the very end. But that's not an emotional tie. See, it could probably be described this way. Plot satisfies us intellectually. Story satisfies us emotionally. If we don't care about what's happening, we could say that the story is lacking. If the story is interesting, but it's highly predictable, we can also say it's lacking. However, sometimes the story is so compelling, that is to say the characters are either so engaging or what happens to them is so engaging or so compelling that we don't really care if it's predictable. And that's very common. We see that all the time. In many ways, people might say that plot is mostly important in things like murder mysteries, especially whodunits. It's important in spy thrillers. It's important in political thrillers or in, say, legal thrillers or legal dramas. Plot becomes important when we have a very specific sequence of events that have to occur in order for these characters to go through the journey they're going through. And by extension, the reader or the consumer of the story is carried along for the ride. Of course, we have problems when we have plot over story. Because again, it's boring. I don't really care about the who done it if I don't care about who it was done to. 
or who's involved or any of that. And I don't really care about a story so much if all we have is a bunch of people sitting around talking about their problems. You have to have something for these characters to do, but you also have to have interesting characters. In other words, plot and story go hand in hand, at least under this definition. Now, what are other ways to look at this? We'll say um, the movie Titanic, the most recent one and the big one. Whether you like it or not, you could say, well, the plot of this is that the ship hits an iceberg and sinks. However, the way this film, that particular film, was put together, in point of fact, that isn't the plot, that's the background, that's the texture. That's like having a love story set during World War II. You could say, well, the plot is you have the Allies and the Axis and they're going at it and the Allies end up winning. That's the plot. No, that's the background. That's the texture. The plot ends up focusing on the characters, right? So in that particular structure, plot is closely associated with story. It's very closely associated with those characters. It isn't just a sequence of events, or I should say it is, but it's a sequence of events that affect particular characters. So plot and story are very closely associated as well. When you have a disconnect, when you have distance from the plot to the character, that is, when the sequence of events is happening outside of the direct scope or control or influence of the characters, it is no longer plot, it is background. Plot, the sequence of events, has to be something that directly involves your characters or else it has nothing to do with the story directly. And the story, your characters, and what's happening to them, those are the things that matter, and your plot has to reflect that. These characters, this story, has to be directly involved with the plot of your tale. Otherwise, everything else is texture. It is background. And background serves to color your story. It exists in order for the story and the plot to have a particular form. Say we want to do a spy tale set in World War II. It's also a romance because maybe you have an Axis spy and an Allied spy and they're after the same MacGuffin, maybe microfilm, that's a famous one. They're after this microfilm, but in so doing, they fall in love. So what do we have? We have two characters. Hopefully they're engaging, intelligent, funny, attractive. They also have their duty. They have the danger they're involved in. It's a dangerous business being a spy. We have all of these things. That's our story. They have to get this microfilm. And if the Axis gets it, it'll cost allied lives. And if the allies get it, it'll cost Axis lives. So the stakes are high, but that's not the plot. The plot will be that the microfilm is being stored in this impregnable vault inside an impregnable fortress up on the top of some impregnable mountain in the middle of some godforsaken country. Our plot is how do we get this thing? Or at least that's the challenge, right? The challenge is part of the plot. And in this particular type of story, we could tell it from one character's point of view. We can tell it from one spy's point of view or from the other. 
we could have a third character and then have it from that person's point of view, but it gets uh, complicated and muddy at that point. We could tell the story from both their points of view and just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And as they narrow in on this thing, they draw closer together, their emotions play up higher, and the stakes get higher because we don't know who's going to end up with this thing. And are they going to end up together? Or is the background going to insert itself into the foreground? That is to say, the tragedy of the war, is it going to visit our characters? And all of these things are vital and they all feed into each other. Our World War II story is what's allowing for the plot to exist. And the story will be served best by these characters. You could also look at it from the other point of view. You can also say, what kind of characters work best with a plot like this? Different storytellers approach that from different points of view, but the end result is generally the same. So in this example, and it's a pretty trite one, but we want things simplistic because I'm just, you know, talking off the top of my head here. In this example, we have background, plot, story, characters. All of these things are in a dance. And you may see, at least I do anyway, they are not entirely separated from each other by any means. You cannot talk plot without talking story. You cannot talk story without talking character. And you cannot talk about any of these things without talking about the background, the texture of the story. All of these things are working together to bring this story forward. And on top of all this, then you have to have good dialogue on top of everything else, or else all of it falls apart. These are all elements of good storytelling, but it is the plot and the story in this particular case and in this conversation. Your plot has to work. It has to be good enough so that the story seems to make sense. If your characters are good characters, not that they're intrinsically good people, but if the characters stand up and they seem like real enough people for this particular story, then the plot has to be good enough that it makes sense to them. Because if it's ridiculous and yet they go along with it, we have a dissonance. We can say, why would this character think that makes sense? Because it makes no sense to me. Suddenly, they don't seem like they're good characters anymore. And the plot seems bad. Bad plot is hurting your characters. The plot has to make sense to them. From an objective standpoint, you can say, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why didn't they, you know, call in for reinforcements? Why didn't they just leave the castle to the Air Force to bomb it so that nobody gets it. Those questions can exist outside of the story and the plot and what you're trying to tell. But within context of the characters, they cannot have these problems. You either have to deal with that plot hole, that detail within the story, or the setting is such that the stakes are so high and time is so short None of it matters, because objectively speaking, you can always just say they didn't have time, or they couldn't communicate their desires, or they had no backup whatsoever. It just is the way it is. Now that's both an overused and an underused technique, right there. It is the way it is. You can see stories that are absurd on the, on the face of it, but they work simply by saying, well, it's just the way it is in the story. Almost every episode of The Twilight Zone worked that way. We didn't question why this completely bizarre, creepy, and sometimes flat-out absurd or comically ridiculous situation is existing. 
It simply is existing, and we're running with it. It worked very, very well there. But there are many examples where it doesn't work so well, and it's because it wasn't deliberate. When you see a story where the setting or the background or the situation is just flat out absurd, just flat out ridiculous, and you can't get over it, it's because they didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> it's because they decided that we want to tell a, a Terminator knockoff story about a robot coming from the future. And in order for that to work, we have to have a company that this robot's got to come back to because they're going to have the secret that can stop it in the future. And it's got to destroy the mainframe this time around. Because again, it's not the Terminator, it's a Terminator knockoff. So we're not killing Sarah Connor, we're killing some program, some, some machine. The MacGuffin is this machine that has to either be saved or destroyed in order for the future to be saved. And you can set up this corporate structure so that it's just absurd and no one believes it and you watch it and it's like this is terrible maybe it's terrible because the production values are low or the acting is bad or the dialogue is bad or it has multiple problems on multiple levels but if the basic setting is bad you have a disconnect there and if that's the case when that sort of thing happens don't forget how closely connected the other aspects of the story are. If you have a problem there, you have a problem everywhere else in the story. Now, again, sometimes you have a plot that's so compelling, it can shine more than the other things. And if the shine is bright enough, you don't see the problems existing elsewhere. That does happen. And it works well when it does, right? That, that's okay. We can have great stories that are like that. But what we're mostly talking about here is when it all works together. Because if you have an area that is really well developed, much more so than another area of your story, then you do run the risk of people seeing those holes, seeing where, well, you know, it's a great story, but, you know, it's a great plot, but, great characters, but, love the background, good concept, but, you don't want that but. You don't want anyone to look at your story and say, it could have or should have been better. The ultimate goal is to tell a story and for the consumer of that story, the reader, the viewer, if it's a movie or television show, the listener, if it's an audio drama, um, the reader again, if it's a comic book, something like that. You want the consumer of that story to be satisfied. You're after that sense of satisfaction that everything works. It doesn't have to have the conclusion that they're after. They don't have to be happy about it. But when they're done, they have to say, this thing fit together. It all fit. It all works. Plot and story are the two big elements there. But as I've pointed out, they are not unconnected either to each other or to the other pieces of that tale. At any rate, this was just a few thoughts about plot and story and how they all go together. And it's just my opinion. You may have a different opinion. If so, please feel free to put it in the comments for this particular episode on Hacker Public Radio. Or better yet, do your own episode, either about this topic or another one. You have ideas, you have interests, and we want to hear about them. This has been Lost in Bronx. Thank you for listening. Take care.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.